Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks for this time to hear your word proclaimed. May we hear it. May we live it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, on this Labor Day weekend, I want to tell you all something a little bit about my job, my vocation, and that is what every preacher fears the most. Now, I'm just talking about the preaching part, not the, not the totality of it all, just preaching. There's really three things. Number one is we are petrified that we are going to use the wrong name in a funeral or a wedding. That would be bad. Although I have heard about it being done, thankfully I haven't done that. Now, I did give a girl the wrong name during confirmation one time, but that's beside the point. Number two is we don't want to make eye contact with somebody during a sermon while we're talking about them. That also would be bad. If you're talking about, oh, I don't know, say a horrible sin that a person had just confessed to you that they did, when you're talking about it, you don't want to look at them. That's, that's not good. And the third one, and this is the one that I fear the most, especially because I, I don't preach from the pulpit and I don't have a manuscript or anything, and, and that is slipping up and saying the wrong thing or one of the wrong words. You know what words I'm talking about. Words that, you know, we don't use in polite company. We would never ever say in church. And as a pastor, I'm sure that I never say any of those words. But I did. I said the S word in a sermon one time. Yep. Said it a lot of times, actually. Uh, but this S word is not the one you're thinking about, you dirty-minded people. Um, kids are in children's church. The word I'm talking about is stupid. See, for us, that's kind of, it's an okay word. It's not real nice, but it is in the Bible, by the way, for people that want to complain about it. But, it, it, you know, but for little kids, that's the S word. Because you teach them very young, you don't say stupid. That's mean. That's bad. Well, when Rachel, our oldest, was really young, I had to have that talk with her because she was calling someone or something stupid. And I had to say, Rachel, that's just not a nice word. We don't say that word. Okay, Daddy. So, the next Sunday, this was back in the day when I stood up in the pulpit. And I was preaching on the text that says that a wise person builds the house on rock. So when the wind and rains come, that rock will, that house will stand. A foolish person builds his house on the sand. So when the winds and waves and rain comes, that house will be washed away. Well, let me tell you about the historical context of that text. It's this. The sand is a dried out riverbed and being a desert area there's a rainy season during the most of the year it's a nice sandy yard during the rainy season it's a river and you know what the river is you know you know where they are you'd have to be a complete and utter moron to build a house in the middle of what's going to be a river right that's stupid okay so, that's what I was saying in my sermon. 
And I said it 16 times. I went back, I counted. 16 times. And the whole time, the congregation is just in tears laughing. And I didn't have any idea why. It was a small church, um, but they were laughing. And, I, you know, I'm pretty entertaining, but I was not meaning to tell jokes at that point in time. You know, I'm thinking, is my flight now? But I was wearing a robe, you know, but they were laughing. Well, here's what I found out. Every time I said the word, the S word, my child turns to her mother and goes, Mommy, he said stupid. He said it again. He said it again. And everybody in the church heard her saying this except me. So this is what happens when you say the S word in church, which is why you don't do it. But I'm going to be honest with you. That's not really the, the church S word. There's another word that people really don't want you to say. Really, really don't want you to say, especially when you're preaching. That word is sacrifice. People don't want pastor talking about that because you know what we're talking about when we're talking about sacrifice, don't you? Two things. It's either going to be money or time. And we really don't want to talk about either one of them, do we? I mean, time, that's not as bad as money, but we still don't like to hear about having to sacrifice our time because we're busy people, aren't we? I mean, our calendars are packed. I mean, if we've got kids, we're running them here, there, and everywhere. If the kids are, are already moved out of the house, we're taking their, their children here, there, and everywhere. We've got work. We've got golf. We've got friends. We've got television programs to 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 deal with we've got more work we've got housework we've got chores we are scheduled people and we are on a schedule and so to the very idea of having to sacrifice some of that time is not something we want to talk much about we don't have time to breathe much less time to add anything else onto our schedule and yet somehow I have found that Part of my job is being a volunteer recruiter. To stand up here and say, hey, we need this. Hey, we need this. Hey, we need this. And while you're thinking, hey, I ain't got time for that. I can't make that kind of a sacrifice. But then there's the, uh, the other one, the, the one people love the most, right? Money. Everybody loves it when the preachers talk about sacrificing money. Thanks, Jim Baker. Um, because... People get the idea that, that, oh, guess preacher wants a raise. He's talking about money again. But it comes up in the Bible a lot, a lot, a lot. Like Jesus talks about love, number one, the kingdom of God, number two, and money, number three. It's a lot. And here we are having to talk about it. And you know what he's talking about every time? Sacrifice. And that's a sacrifice that's really tough for a lot of us because we already have more bills than we have money. The outgo does not match the income. And so when we're sitting here coming to church, a place where there's supposed to be peace and we can actually relax, now we have to be reminded that we got bill collectors calling or that, or that we're having to put something off again another month. Our money is our money. We make it, we earn it, and we should be able to spend it however, whenever, and wherever we want. We don't want to have to hear about sacrifice. Well, folks, I got good news and I got bad news for you today. The good news is that our gospel text says nothing about time or money. The bad news is the sacrifice that Jesus talks about is a whole lot worse than that. 
you're going to wish that we were talking about time and money. Because what Jesus says, he's walking along with a large crowd of people. And apparently, you know, I kind of I get the picture. If you've ever seen Forrest Gump, you know, and he's, and he's running. He was running. And then he stops and he just turns to the people and talks. This is kind of what, what I imagine this, this scene is like. Jesus is walking along with a large crowd of people. And all of a sudden he stops. And here's what he says. If you want to be my disciple, you got to hate your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your, your husband, your wife, your kids. Everybody like, oh, and yourself too. If you want to be my disciple, you got to pick up your cross and follow. What? I mean, there are some weird things in the Bible. There are some things that, I mean, a couple weeks ago we talked about how the Prince of Peace came and said he didn't come to bring peace, he came to bring a sword. That was strange. This is just messed up. Because here, our Lord and Savior, you know, the one that talks about loving everyone, says that we are supposed to hate the people that we love the most. Now, I don't know about you, but that just doesn't add up to me. It doesn't make any sense. So, being a disciple, if we want to be a disciple, we basically have to, you know... Not like our family, our friends, ourselves. We've got to hate these things. Well, then he says, it gets even worse. He says, so if you want to be my disciple, you have to give up all your possessions. <laughs> Bet you wish I was asking for money now, don't you? So you've got to give up everything that you love the most and all of your stuff too if you want to be a disciple. Who's signing up? See, that's why he says it though. Because after he talks about hating all your family, he goes, look, I'm just telling you this because I want you to be aware of the cost of discipleship. That this ain't a cheap walk. He says, I mean, and if somebody's going to build a house... Look, they're not going to just go out there with some tools and, you know, some quick crete and, you know, make a slab and, you know, have some white poles hanging out and be like, oh, that's all I got. Can't afford any more. Because then people will make fun of them. Hey, good job building your house. That's all you could afford. And you, why, why even bother? And then he goes, or like a king who's going to wage war on somebody. I mean, he's going to find out how many the other guys got before he's going to go to battle. Because if he's got 20,000 and I've only got 10,000, uh, that's not good odds. And so what Jesus is saying is, you need to count the cost. You need to, you need to check yourself and, and realize, look, if you want to follow me, it's not cheap. It's not easy. This is not a walk in the park. You've got to be willing to give it all up. Who's signing up? The reality is, none of us would. Because we can't do it, can we? Now, I do want you to realize, um, because the word hate really sticks in a lot of our crawl, doesn't it? Um, because Mama taught us never to hate. And here it is in the Bible telling us to hate. The, it's not really well translated for us, because the culture that they lived in, hate was basically cutting off of or, or separating yourself from. So it, it pretty much means leaving it behind. So it's not, it's not an emotional hatred. It's more of a, you got to cut it out of your life. 
mother, father, sister, brother, husband, wife, children. That doesn't make it too much better that we're supposed to just leave these things behind. Is that even possible for us? I mean, you know, some, you know, maybe that long lost brother we didn't really like anyway. But you know, the rest, I mean, that's not something we want to sign up for. But here's the reality. We can't do it. You nor I can sign up for that. We can't make those kinds of sacrifices. And that's why Jesus did. We have a Savior who sacrificed himself, gave everything, gave his life. Because we have a hard time sacrificing anything. He died on a cross, not because of anything he had done, but because all the stuff that we do. Our inability to follow, our inability to put, to put God before everything else. Our willingness to sacrifice nothing for the one who sacrificed everything. That's why he died. We can't do what he's saying here. And honestly, I'm not even sure that we should. I mean, if I came in here and said, give up all your possessions, we're not a church, we're a cult, right? So, what, he's, what we are saying is, though, is this. What are you willing to sacrifice to the one who sacrificed everything for you? Because just because we can't doesn't mean that we shouldn't try. Doesn't mean that, that we should just, you know, get up from here and say, well, it's still all my money, it's still all my time, it's still, you know. No. We are called by God to put the Almighty first, Right? I mean, he died for us. What can we do for him? We talk about this all the time, the six signs of living, the way that we describe discipleship here at Pisgah. Praise God, increase faith, step up, give generously, accept all, and help others. Each of those requires sacrifice. I mean, praising God, you know, showing up for worship. During football season, that's a big sacrifice for some people, isn't it? I mean, increasing faith, to take some time and, and read scripture, that takes time, right? It takes effort. Stepping up, doing what you've been called to do, maybe volunteering here, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes energy. Giving generously means that takes some of your hard-earned cash and giving it away. Accepting all means giving up some of the things that you've always believed to be true. And helping others means giving up some of yourself, your time, for the sake of someone else. That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so, let me encourage you. This week, look at those. Pick one. Just one this week to figure out that a sacrifice you can make. And now when I say sacrifice, I mean a sacrifice. That means you actually feel it. It doesn't mean, you know what, I'm going to give an extra dime to the church this week. Preacher said sacrifice. You're not going to miss that dime. You picked it up on the ground on the way in here. You know what I'm talking about. Something, a, a sacrifice. And, and for you that may be $10. Where you actually realize that you're missing $10 when you can't go to Starbucks one time this week. 
It may be more than that. Or it may be some time that you take away from, from playing golf or, or doing something else to devote to prayer or scripture reading or volunteering somewhere else. Pick one of those and take some time or take some effort and make a sacrifice. Make a sacrifice for the one who sacrificed everything for you. And then at the end of the week, look back and see how it feels. What that sacrifice means to you. How it changes you. And I guarantee you, you'll like the results. Because we're not only called to give up everything for the one who gave up everything for us. We're created to do it. We can live out our identity, our, our full identity, by just sacrificing the one who sacrifices for us. Amen.